On Sex Positive Me, we explore all aspects of sex and relationships, ranging from fetishes and BDSM to ethical non-monogamy and LGBTQ issues. Sex Positive Me destigmatizes sexual practices and relationships while reconciling reality with myth and misconceptions. Our goal is to educate, entertain, and be advocates of sexual freedom. And now here's your hosts, Angelique and John Luna. Hey everyone, it's Angelique Luna and stuck in quarantine day 27 or something it's, like that. It's not quarantine, it's it's home confinement. It's still quarantine. Quarantine, quarantine is when they put the big biohazard signal up on the wall and it means do not come by. Well, I have my wall, so every night I, put, I build my wall and I pay for it. And there's a joke in there, but I'm not going to touch that. <laughs> so I'm here with my husband, conspirer, uh, trying to keep me sane, John. I'm trying to keep you occupied. <laughs> Yes, on top of all the many books I need to catch up. And you've been reading quite a bit. I've been, yes, I, yes. I, like today, we're actually interviewing the authors and creators of Make Me Come, The Hard Truth About Mutual Satisfaction. We have Mickey and Emma Jane Capaco. Did I pronounce that right? It's Capco. Capco. It's strange, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Mexican with a bad speech impediment, so... So they have been married since June of 2014, having known each other since 2011. Emma Jane has been working as a licensed practical counselor since 2015 after obtaining her master's degree from Cornell University, where she also studied psychology as an undergraduate. Mickey is entering his final year of biochemistry PhD program at Cornell University, where he studied chemistry at the undergraduate level. They have no children, but they have they do have two Shih Tzus named by Rocky and Binky. Should have been Bullwinkle, but that's just me. Okay, and they currently <laughs> reside in Athica, New York. I'm sorry, Ithaca. Ithaca. Sorry, I'm like I it's. Get you out of the house. <laughs> No. In their free time, they enjoy exploratory sex and jigsaw puzzles. In addition to playing with Rocky and Binky, Mickey and Emma Jane have taken their unique sexual experiences and the challenges they have faced and overcome with their marriage and created this literary piece to help other couples in similar situations. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Yes. So talk about it. So why did you decide to write this book? Well, um, when Emma Jean and I were, uh, were first starting out, we had our fair share of like awkward uh, encounters, if I could be so bold as to say that. Um, but it got to the point now where I, I felt like we had just kept missing the mark. Um, to put it delicately, I guess, it wasn't as climactic as it could have been, and that became all too frequent. Mm -hmm. um, so then we kind of set out on this journey to um, really learn about ourselves and each other. Um, in the context of like uh, just our, our marriage and our love for each other um, with respect to the bedroom. And in that journey, we seem to have stumbled upon a kind of a process almost about how to reach this place of just mutually orgasmic and wonderful sex with, uh, you know, with the one that you love. And we wanted to share that with other people. Yeah, because when we first started sleeping together, when we first started dating, um, the sex wasn't that great. <laughs> but I have had sex with other people prior to him, and it was fantastic. So I knew the potential for good sex was there. We just needed to find it. So we went on this journey, and we went this whole way, and now we have wonderful sex, and our relationship's perfect. But um, I know a lot of girlfriends that are in a similar situation, 
but they've never had that previous good sex to compare it to, to know that there is something better out there. So that's what we kind of approach this book from, is there are women out there that literally, they just don't know what they're missing because they may have never had it. Ah, yes, so that's where this came from. Yes, the old like, okay, here is the uh, Steak and Shake steak versus the Seasons 52 steak. Totally different. Again, if yeah. you don't know what you're missing, yeah. you don't know what you're missing. Right, and if I hadn't had some previous really um, gratifying experiences before Mick and I started seeing each other, then I wouldn't have known, and we may not have went on this path. So yeah, because I cared about him so much, and we had so much chemistry in other ways, we this was a problem that was worth us investing in and fixing. Well, we find so, so many couples and singles who will say that they've had this like fantastic sex and it's always like some mythical thing in the past that they're hunting for the rest of their lives that they're yeah. looking for and I'm like well, well okay so what have you done to get there and they're like well what do you mean it's it's not like a unicorn it's not just gonna no. walk out of the road right in front of you so you go there it's actually a process yeah it takes work i mean Let's be honest, there are some people that you'll sleep with that you'll have natural chemistry with and it's fantastic and it's wonderful, but that's not always the case. So sometimes you have to work at it and there's nothing wrong with that. Like we wanted to make it very clear that, that like don't feel ashamed, don't feel embarrassed. There's nothing wrong with you because you're not orgasming as a woman during sex. Like don't feel insecure about this. It's common and it's approachable and it's you can talk about it. So we wanted to help kind of cultivate that environment. So women and men would feel comfortable to have these really tough conversations because right. I know it's hard for men too to consider the premise that maybe their partner is an orgasming during sex. Yeah, I, I think my favorite part was the performance anxiety that people just like don't understand that we're not circus performers, okay? So, yeah, right. you know, that's where I think we should rechange that verbiage, the performer anxiety. Performance anxiety. Yeah. I don't know what, what, what else you, there has to be a better term for it. Yeah, because every time I hear it, I think dance, monkey, dance, because that's how we usually relate to it. Right, right. Yeah. But you, you did a great job describing all the different possibilities between chemical and mental and sometimes physical. So it, it's, you know, people have to realize there's more to just like, okay, we're naked. Let's, let's have sex. Go. Right. 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 Yeah. We, I don't, I, I don't think it gets enough attention. Um, that particular topic, which is why I, I wrote uh, a little bit more on it than um, why we, we dedicated some more time to that than some of the other topics. Uh, people think that it's, it's so much less in your head, but no, it's really so much of sex is mental. It is. And we, you know, took some risks and talked about some things that we know people um, have some aversion to, like, let's put down our vibrators for a little bit and really explore ourselves, women and our vaginas and what makes us feel good without that vibrator. It's not that we're against vibrators. It's in the, just finding and exploring yourself. Right. Do that with just your own body and then once you learn yourself, then you can bring in those supplements to the bedroom that make it more exciting and more fun. So yeah, we wanted to have some honest, candid conversation that we know a lot of women don't like to hear and don't necessarily want to hear. So we wanted to be honest too. No, absolutely. That's some things that we tell our own clients. It's like, no, discover yourself, what you know, mm -hmm. so that way you mm -hmm. can give directions to your partner. They're not automatically going to know. I, I remember one client's like, well, he doesn't know what he's doing. I'm like, did you show him? And she just looked at me like deer in the headlights. It's like, what are you talking about? Yeah, you yeah, masturbate in front of each other. It, it, yeah. Exactly. You know, not everyone's a psychic. 
Yeah. If you don't know how to make yourself come, how is your partner ever going to figure it out? Right. You know? And the thing is, mind reading is not a skill that we teach. No, I wish it was. <laughs> but the other part is, is everyone's body's different. So what you may do yeah. with one lover that works absolutely amazingly well, you may do with another partner and it's like, or yeah, it's whatever. Is it over? I don't know. Did it happen? And um, I've had to explain this to someone. They said, no, it's a body's a body and that's all there is. I said, well, I know you work on cars and you work on like Fords, right? Yeah. So if I drop an Audi in front of you, you're going to know where everything is. And he's like, oh no, those cars are completely different. They're German. They're this, they're that. I'm like, and that's the body. Everyone is going to be slightly different and there is no manual. That's an amazing analogy. That is perfect. Yeah, it really is. It's true. It is exactly what it is. So the, getting the whole feedback and the truth is it's not just from men though, uh, giving it to men, but both parties need to go ahead and give that type of feedback to make sure it's right and, and take that constructive criticism because it needs to be given and it needs to be given in a, a, a non-harsh loving way. But yes. it also needs to receive that way that I'm not criticizing you and telling you you're a crap lover. I'm saying, let's bring it to the next level and work together. Exactly. Like it, it, it felt, if I may, yeah. uh, it, it, it was a little challenging to, sorry to step on your toes. Uh, it was a little challenging to um, communicate this and I'm not sure if we did the best job, but the, the, the general message in that regard that we were trying to get across is that um, you're, if you're on the end, you know, receiving those criticisms, I think you, you need to realize that it's just as uncomfortable for the person saying them. And the person giving that feedback and that criticism is doing so because they, they you know, love you deeply and they need you to know those things. So when, when you kind of have that approach to things, it, it becomes much less of like a conflict um, styled engagement really, but then more of like a, a problem and solution type thing. Yeah, and we, and we tried to build in some general, very psychologically pleasing language. Like if you make I statements, it's received much less defensively so that you're more likely than to collaborate and discuss openly. So we wanted to give in some very intentional, just language examples so that if you're completely at a loss, and that makes sense, this is hard to talk about. And you know, in our society, we don't really grow up in families where number one, sex is openly discussed. We don't live, we don't grow up in schools where sex is openly discussed. And third, we don't live in a society where emotional intelligence is taught. So we wanted to provide language to people so that they could have these conversations and have some guidance because it is so hard and sex is such an important part of a fulfilling relationship. So these are conversations that need to be had. And you mentioned intentionally. What do you mean by that? So we intentionally crafted language so that people could extrapolate what might work for them. So um, in the body of the text, we wrote uh, like examples of maybe a paragraph that you might say if you're trying to tell your partner that I'm not orga orgasming in bed. So I mean intentionally is that we just sat down and deliberately thought out from a psychology standpoint, what will be the most pleasing for someone to hear? what will be the most conducive for you to have an effective conversation and it's going to be uncomfortable and people will naturally get defensive but let's lower those defenses as much as possible so we crafted language uh, you know based on my understanding of psychology our understanding of human nature and sex and what we thought will help couples most have these open conversations these vulnerable honest conversations 
because not everyone is equipped with the language on how to talk and not everyone knows how to do these things. And that's okay. We're not all, you know, we all have our different skill sets. That's why the world is so beautiful. So we wanted to kind of help lend some support in that way and, and guide people on how to have these conversations. Well, I know the one thing uh, that was brought up in there was date night. And mm -hmm. I know date night for us is extremely important. It's every Tuesday. Yeah. Don't schedule anything on that day. Um, and now we're in a time of, again, self quarantine or mm -hmm. I'm sorry I said quarantine yeah. self-confinement I knew it you would come to the dark side and it, it sounds funny but it, it's right now um I had to remind myself that it was a Thursday I'm like okay it is Thursday because we're not going nowhere we're not leaving our homes um but yeah for once this is a perfect time where you can go ahead and start that conversation and go with that intimacy because you don't know where it's going to go. You don't know if it's going to be a 10 minute or an hour conversation. And for once, you probably don't have something better to do that you have yeah. to go. So, totally agree. A great, a great time. Yeah, what a great date night idea to pull up our book and sit down and go through right. it together, you know, and spend the evening exploring and being vulnerable and open with each other and, and touching and playing and kissing and just loving each other. And yeah, what a perfect opportunity to do that. We're in a quarantine time. Isn't, yes. it, isn't it great? The in-laws are not going to knock on the door. We know that for sure. Exactly. <laughs> no interruptions. It's perfect, right? Right. It's a, the perfect time to unplug from technology and have no one be able to reach you. Yeah. Exactly right. So it's a perfect time to explore in that. But when we go back to the normal, um, I said you brought up the date night. The date night is extremely important because uh, mm -hmm. we went through a time when things kept getting pushed off. So something we'll do yeah. Saturday, something we'll do Monday, something we'll do two, and we just kept going. And after a while, you realize you've gone a month or two or three, and you're like, the woman I love is here, and I know she's not happy, and I don't know when we're gonna have time. So yeah. if, it's, if it's worth it, it's really great to go ahead and set that in your calendar and make sure it happens. And the other thing I'll say is put some time into thinking about it because what, what happened in a few nights? What do you want to do, hon? Oh, I don't know. What do you want to do, hon? Oh, yeah, the three hours. Three hours later, we end up at a Christmas yeah. dozen donuts. So, and a bottle of wine. Yeah. Donuts and wine, nothing wrong. And I'm not saying it was a bad <laughs> night. Well, they were Christmas. We have a similar awesome. similar. I was saying we have a similar conversation with dinner every day. <laughs> yeah. What do you want for dinner? <laughs> yeah. Well, we should try the donuts and wine. That, that sounds, sounds pretty a, good. That's a good dinner. Okay. Donuts and wine are great, but. Make sure you have food we'll, afterwards. We'll go the ex experiment. We thought this was so awesome because it ended up in sex and sleep. So we had a donuts and wine party. And what we realized is there was like no pizza or anything. So we had a lot of people high on sugar and drunk. It was horrible. Oh, no. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's a sloppy night right there. But as far as for a date night, this is a great to go, uh, time to go ahead and either read or play the book if it comes in audio eventually. And, you know, explore those things that you can't rush. Because mm -hmm. these conversations, you yeah. can't put a, we got 30 minutes, let's talk about it. It Just let them go right. and see yeah. where they end up. All right. Yeah, we, we also thought that it was... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, uh, you go. That's okay. We could edit it. I was going to go to commercial break. No, don't worry. Go for it. Oh, okay. I was, uh, go ahead, I, I was just saying that um, in this time, we wanted to emphasize the fact that for a date night, it doesn't need to be this extravagant event. Um, a date, you know, sometimes just being thoughtful. We're not feeling it. You know, it's do a couple of card games and watch a movie in the living room. You know, yeah. it's not this um, expensive, extravagant uh, event. It can just be about showing the other person that you are setting time aside for them. And, yeah. it's, and it's the intentionality aspect of that. 
that's the being thoughtful and planning things that I know Mickey likes um, so that he feels special and loved. Yeah. Well, uh, have you heard of the book talking about love languages? Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. I think everyone's pretty much heard of it. But um, one of ours is definitely the gift of time. To be there and and having, it's not just time isn't like she's there, but she's on her laptop working. It's that she's focused on me. So so I always think that's a little bit more. It's not just time, it's focus. Oh, see, I like yeah, gifts. You absolutely. Know, like bringing, yeah, bringing you your Starbucks when I'm running around doing errands <laughs> or, you know, getting you a little stuffy while I'm traveling. So. Which now ends up means to going to the curry machine and coming back with a coffee. But it's all good. It's the thought that counts. It's definitely the thought that counts. It's not, yeah, yeah people think when it's the amount, it's, it's, it's a dollar amount. And it isn't, not mm-hmm. nearly, no, it has no. nothing to do with that. No, it's the energy and emotion. Yep. There we go. All right. With that said, we're going to break to our commercial, to, to our beautiful sponsors who are still taking care of us during this self-quarantine time, and we'll be right back. Hey, John, I want to get a new toy. Okay, so let's go to Fair Villa. But I don't want to waste time trying to find out what goes with what. Well, there's Fair Villa University, and their staff is very well educated and helpful. Okay, but how about if I just want to go to a party instead? Then go to their website, because on their calendar, they list all their events. But I don't want to spend a lot of money. Have you heard of their loyalty program? Oh, yeah, that thing on my keychain that makes everyone blush every time they see it. That's the one. Let's go. Well, they have over five locations in Central Florida. Which one do you want to go to? Fair Fair Villa. Villa. For For pleasure, fun, fun, and and fantasy. And we're back. I hope you enjoyed our wonderful sponsors commercial. I don't know which one it is. We have we'll so many. It yeah. <laughs> and we're back with Mickey and Emma Jane in regards to their Make Me Come book. Oh, I got a really good question. Please describe this poor mind game. That is, um, I'll defer to um, Mickey for that. <laughs> Just passing yes. the book here. I, I struggled with um, how exactly to uh, refer to that because it's something that I, I don't know if many other people think about in the same way that I do, um, just because I haven't been fortunate enough to talk with very many people about these, uh, these subjects. But um, in, in, my, in my mind, the way that, that um, what that term really describes is like your sexual ability in your brain. So um, the ability to, let's say, like arouse yourself or to stay uh, focused in the zone, in, in the moment, um, not be distracted. Those things um, I think people take for granted, but it, it's like everything else. It's a skill that takes practice. Um, so learning how to explore those um, avenues of arousal in your brain, of, of thinking about how you get yourself physically turned on. Um, and things like that, it's something that should be given more attention because it's a, a skill that requires um, just intentional thought and uh, pr- practice. And then you talked about mantras. The you, mantras. you wrote about that more than I yeah. did. Yeah. The mantras is the other aspect of that. Um, it's, I, I don't know if I could explain all of the, the science behind how it works, but we found at least that saying these things, um, just re- small, uh, short statements that you repeat to yourself, like, um, like this feels good, or I love this experience. Um, they can really help ground you in that moment and, um, enable you to achieve like a greater level of focus on, uh, the stimulation that you're feeling and, and your whole, um, interpretation of the, the mood and what's going on in your environment. So they're just little, little things that have this power that, uh, 
we often neglect to utilize. Yeah, and, and saying these mantras to yourself, um, if you're in the moment and maybe you're struggling with performance anxiety, or you're struggling to um, be focused just in on what's happening, the sensation, the pleasures, and so you can't concentrate, you can't really enjoy. So saying these mantras to yourself helps to eliminate cognitive dissonance as well. So if you're telling yourself, I love this experience, I love this experience, eventually to decrease your energy output, you're gonna start to believe that you actually love this experience because evolutionary, it makes sense that you're gonna wanna expend as little energy as possible. So to adopt and believe this thought is to your benefit. So if you keep telling yourself, and it applies to anything in life, but if you keep telling yourself in the moment, wow, I love when he kisses my ear, I love this, I love this, eventually you're gonna start to love it. So that's why we suggested that you, you know, kind of have this inner dialogue with yourself. You know, have these conversations with yourself, coach yourself through it, connect those pathways, those thoughts to that sensation and it'll begin, begin to come true. That's exactly right, well said. <laughs> well, you know, I think that's the one thing people forget. I mean, the brain is the biggest, what, erogenous? The big, biggest sex organ. The big, mm -hmm. biggest sex organ there, you know? I just saw that you guys uh, had, on, on one of your posts on Instagram, I saw that quoted. and We had a, a good laugh about that earlier today. It's, it's so true. It is. But people don't think that way. Well, sometimes it's hard to prove the positive, but it's easy to prove the negative part of it. So what I, I will tell people uh, is that, in the middle of having sex, if you're thinking, holy shit, that I pay the mortgage, that kills the experience. Yeah. <laughs> if you go ahead and realize, <laughs> I didn't send that email to my boss, or holy crap, I forgot to pick up my kid and he's still at school. You know, whatever it may be, those random thoughts that come into your head take you out of that, that, that mood. And really, when you're having sex, it's that, it's, it, it is a, a full body, mind, soul experience, or at least it should be. Mm -hmm. Yeah to enjoy it. So if those are easy to believe will take you out of it, then how do we go ahead and get you more into it? And what can be done to prepare for it? And definitely clearing your mind of all those thoughts. If it's, I have never tried the mantra thing. I have definitely tried the breathing and clearing my yeah. mind thing, which definitely yeah. does help. Uh, and that's, I'll say that's both for performance in the sense of wanting to become erect and wanting, wanting to, to, to give pleasure, but it's also to receive pleasure as well. Because it's very hard to go ahead and, and, and receive pleasure and enjoy yeah. the biting on the neck or the nibbling on the ears or whatever's being done to you, even the back scratches when you're thinking, oh my God, is the stove still on? <laughs> well, I have to take it back. Yes, you yeah. have sex. No, it's true. Because we did our Tantra classes last year. But never during sex. No, no, not during sex, but we learned them. So don't yes. say you never did mantras. I you just don't practice during sex, fine. You just didn't practice. You know. <laughs> well, and even as a couple, you know, you can take it a step further. So uh, in our earlier encounters, as we were working through some of these things, I can recall times where Mickey would say to me, you know, out loud, one of these mantras, like, you know, say this with me, I love this experience. And in that moment, we would say it together, as we were moving together. And that on not only did that reinforce the experience, but that also bonded it, you as a couple. It unified us. Yeah, right. it unified us. So like together as a couple, we'd be having sex and we'd be saying out loud these mantras, like affirming for each other, affirming for ourselves, and it would bond us too. It would help to center us. Um, yeah, it just had a lot of very profitable benefits. So that's why Mickey was like, let's put this in the book. And I was like, yeah, I think you're right. I think this is something that we can suggest. Especially in these, in these, you know, 
uh, as you call pandemic them, times, yeah, the, the uh, confinement times uh -huh. with with anxieties and, and stress about our, our uh, just the state of the union uh -huh. um, running rampant. These these little sayings to help keep you focused on what's happening in that moment are are, are more important than ever. I'd yeah. Say. Cool. Yes, and, and working on the anticipation. I, I you, love you, you trying to say it like. Um... Rocky like Frankenfurter? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, a lot of it, anticipation is is just the working up to it. And it the teasing, is. the flirting, the everything gets into it. But if, if you could be a state in arousal at the beginning of the experience, the rest of the experience is likely to be a lot more fun. Oh, my goodness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And speaking to floor foreplay, you know, and then we included in the book too, you know, you can kind of approach the day in and day out as a form of foreplay, you know, a way to, to tease and touch and play with each other throughout the day that lends itself later to those experiences in the bedroom where you're building that anticipation because you've been sending flirty texts or touching each other, right. being thoughtful and having date night or, you know, the intentionality of the relationship goes into the bedroom. I think this uh, this notion about um, that's just kind of been our, our culture that sex is confined to the bedroom and you don't talk about it, you don't think about it. Um, that has transcended like the the physical act now, but um, to include all acts um, preceding sex, which I think is the a big problem here, where uh, we try to kind of counter that with our writing about how this, like like Emma was saying, this um, foreplay really does begin long before you get in the bedroom. It's it's the little things, you know, I'll um, I'll get out of bed one day and I'll see a hot cup of coffee on the counter. Um, and, and that makes me feel loved. And, and in turn, I, I, you know, my heart's aroused. All of me is <laughs> aroused. <laughs> you know, it's it's the little things like that. So that's foreplay. And I think it's it's important for us to start viewing things like that. These little acts of love. It doesn't have to be sexual in nature inherently. Um, for it to result in that. And there's a lot of touching you can do that is foreplay. And I, I say that because mm -hmm. some of us do have kids at home. Thankfully, I was graduating. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. um, it's just intimate, though. Mm -hmm. It's not dirty. It's Right. It's, it's <laughs> scratching my head. It doesn't have to be, again, I always say when people think of sex, they think of four things. Right. Boobs, ass, uh, what is it? Pussy, dick. They, uh -huh. they, they put it to those. But even walking by in the kitchen and just putting your hand over someone's back to let it to touch them, to get that right. simple human connection is, is flirting. Uh -huh. It is a form of intimacy, which, which again, is something that we need, but we don't think of it. We, we, most people think of flirting as like, okay, stage one of sex beginning now. And it, yeah. you know, it goes like a portion, like you said, confined to the bedroom. Yeah. It should never be that way. Or just watching any kind of porn and thinking that's the way it's supposed to be. And I'm like, no, that is like yeah. watching an action movie and thinking you're Jean-Claude Van Damme able to jump through the building yes. and expect to survive. They're actors and actresses. It's all fake, nonfiction, fiction, fiction, fiction. Uh, fiction. I was getting confused. Well, one thing to also to say <laughs> is arousal is definitely not immediate. Sometimes mm -hmm. it does take time when you get into the bedroom, which may be five, 10, sometimes 15 minutes to get into the mood, to, to, to shed all that. So oh, yeah. Have that right. mindfulness. And I've heard a lot from some partners that they're like, you know, I tried and it didn't, it didn't work. So I just turned over and went to bed. And that trying, I'm like, you had about 30 seconds. No, it's not, it's not going to work. Yeah. Right. Right. Remember yeah, you have to think about the stressors of the day, right? It takes time to process those. Yeah. Lives. 
Like if we have kids and jobs and debts and all this, right. all, you know, and then pandemic, you think you're going to jump into bed and in a minute be relaxed and ready to, you know, be stimulated. It, it's a lot harder than that. Yeah. And I think we oversimplify things sometimes in the society that women should just be on immediately and we should come right. quickly and it, it doesn't take a lot of work. So then, yeah, it's, it's a little bit more complicated than that. And I think guys need There's to There's a, a few things. Please. Go ahead. I would say guys need oh, to stop beating themselves up too because yes. sometimes an erection takes time. It's not like hit the button, yes. we're ready to launch. Yes. Well, remember those supplements that we tried that the, the women was like 30 to 45 minutes early and the guy was like five to 10? Wow. That we had to take. That was to, wrong. Yeah. That was wrong but stuff. that's true because a woman would take longer than a guy. A guy is yeah. like, boom. Mm-hmm. We're the drag racers. Yeah. You're 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 more the caravans. Exactly. Well, not the caravans. I think to uh, to comment on your your um, comment about how porn is just this fake thing and and it's all acting. We totally agree, and I think we covered that, um, or we at least tried to highlight that um, in the book. In relation to the performance anxiety, I think the issue that um, our society really doesn't focus on at all is the fact that the performance anxiety absolutely goes both ways. Um, mm-hmm. There's women shown in porn that are just achieving orgasms so easily in all these different positions in different ways and loving every minute of it. Um, and that's not the reality, but as we know, but what's also not reality is, is um, just the male side of things. Um, what men are shown to be, uh, you know, the weapons they're wielding if I may, um, or, or their, uh, their physical ability, things like that. It's not always the case. Mm-hmm. So I think that that goes both ways. And I, I, it's important that it's said. Amen. It needs to be said. <laughs> I mean, there's so many things that so misinformed or false information, like that women yeah. don't want sex as much as men and that men are looking for their freak in the sheets and lady in the streets. And I'm like, you guys are lying. Yeah, lying because well, that was me, people. and no one wanted that except you. So, ten years later, <laughs> little tangent there. No, it's 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 true though. We don't talk about these things. So then, when you come across a woman that does have a high sex drive, well, she must be a whore. It's not mm-hmm. just a natural part of life that we all have different sex drives. No, something's surely wrong with her because she has such a high sex drive, and something's surely wrong with him because he has such a low sex drive. No, I mean, yes, if you have such a, a certain, you know, low sex drive, maybe go to your doctor to see about right. your hormone levels, but no, there's, there's varying, <laughs> there's, it varies, yes, it does, yeah. Right, yeah, they, I mean, okay, sex drives are all over the place, there are couples that are happy together and have sex once or, you know, once a month, once a quarter, and there are couples who are 10 years in and have sex every day, and, you know, it, it's, the point is to find someone who's compatible with you. Exactly. It's not about the number. It's about the conversations between you two that say, I'm happy and you're happy. It's the similarities. You know, uh, research shows that successful long-term relationships are between couples that are similar, similar in belief, similar in value, similar in their approaches and their desires. So yeah. So that's why when we talked about date night, we left the language a little more ambiguous that not you should go on two dates a week or one date a week or one date a month because it looks different for every couple based on your schedule. 
It's the, you just need to schedule date night. You need to or even date. We discussed date, date. afternoon, yeah. date morning, depending on your life. Yeah. in bed is a wonderful gift that should not be overlooked. Yeah, um, you know, afternoon picnics. We understand it's not that just the date nights that have you know. You know, we are fortunate at this point in our life where we don't have children, so we're able to accommodate you know fl dogs. flexible schedules and dates at, at this time and that time. But you know, some <laughs> couples have multiple children have parents they're taking care of, have very um, demanding jobs. Yeah, so we wanted to just, it's more about the intention and finding the compatibility with your partner. Right, the compromise. Than hitting an exact number, yeah. Yeah, and always remember not to talk about family, business, or anything else during that time. That is between yes. you yes. and yes. that's it. That's the one thing. It's like even if we do, you know, suggest doing a date night or a date time, they all they automatically start talking about the kids or work, and I'm mm -hmm. like, ah, that's not what that this time's for. It needs you know, to be the focus of the two of you together. Um, right. Like what what one of the rules we have that everyone says is we do a lot of road trips, and yeah. when we do road tripping. No chain restaurants. That would yeah. be for other things. Except um, it's a deep bunk one that in Florida. Oh, sure. <laughs> but date night also has its rules. And yeah. again, a good a good rule is talk about each other. Now we, we yeah. of course have seen people that have been together years and have kids and stuff, and you ask them to talk about each other and they're like cricket. They don't know what to say. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's the time to start cultivating that and relearning about each other. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Now, Usually Emma we Jean throw them our negotiation checklist there. So we're like, okay, here you go. If you don't know what to talk about, here you go. Figure out what you like, negotiate, <laughs> oh, no. and do it. Yeah. We have found one beneficial way, and I didn't write about this because we can't uh, can't put all of our cards out there in one hand. <laughs> but <when laughs> Well, there needs to be the sequel book. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But we, um, we did find one uh, one particular way in which you could talk about your day and things like that and just the stress. And it was beneficial to this ultimate goal of this, this wonderful um, emotional sex that we have. And that is um, preceding like this direct intentional foreplay, even in the bedroom, there's something that's just magical about taking the time to say, Hey, this happened during my day and it sucked and it's stressful and I hated it. And then once those words are out, you feel better and then you have both now bonded over that experience of that stress relief and then you know what follows hopefully what, what's soon to come after that uh you know the the wonderful loving sex you're not distracted then by those things because you've already gotten them out so that that's you know we do a lot of our venting that way yeah that's great yeah, that's why I always tell people, set the intention. Yes, you set the intention like for your day. Also set your intention for your sex life. Mm -hmm. What is it that you want to get accomplished? And not just, okay, let's see who gets to an orgasm as fast as possible. Ooh. This is not the roadrunner versus the uh, Wiley Coyote race. Come on. Well, we're always yeah. saying that sex isn't a race. It is about yeah. the experience. Yeah. And yes. It, it can be an absolutely wonderful thing. And if things, but don't stress out about it. If things yeah. don't go well, it's okay. Um, yeah. I will say falling out of the bed is something that has happened to every one of us. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sure. sex injuries. There's always some kind of sex injury. So everyone it's has had at least one stress injury or hasn't eaten that banana in the morning and in the middle of sex, that Charlie horse sets in. Oh, oh yeah. God. That's, 
That's uh, bad. Yeah. We've, yeah, you have to switch yeah. positions because cramping and things aren't always so, you know, seamless and fluid like they seem in porn too. And that's right. another thing that causes performance anxiety is, you know, you don't see them being human and just giggling and having intimate moments where you laugh as you're cramping and you have to switch positions right. to salvage the moment, you know? To catch your breath. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, um, you know, that's it, some... it's, it's not a real experience until you've broken a kitchen appliance. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I I got a broken bed. Yeah, you're just an, you're just an overachiever though. Oh yeah, you just yeah. leveled up on that one. <laughs> oh no no, I, I got another level up. So yeah, no, this one's like yeah. <laughs> I, I will I will say just as the only warding, uh, we're in Florida, so everyone has ceiling fans, and occasionally uh, you buy a bed that's a little higher than you think. Always be worried oh. about standing up. Oh, wow. oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I didn't think about that. Yeah, okay. Mm. No ceiling fans here in Ithaca. <laughs> uh, lots of heaters, though, I assume. Yeah, well, yeah, in the winter, absolutely, yeah. Oh, cool. So where can people find the book? So the book right now, as we've just launched, um, we have a website, which is a bit of a landing page, but ultimately it all just directs you back to our Amazon page. Um, we're not in the business of wasting your time with this and that. We just want to get the content to the people who need it as soon as possible. So what's the name so, of the book? Uh, <laughs> well, the, the book title, it, it's Make Me Come, The Hard Truth About Mutual Satisfaction. And if you search just that on Amazon, you will find it. Um, you can also visit our website, which is bit.ly forward slash make me come, no spaces, all lowercase. And then we do have an Instagram account, if you'd like to share that handle. We do have our, our Instagram account is, uh, it's make me come book with underscores in between. And um, we are slowly but surely posting more tidbits and tricks, as well as little uh, quotes from the book. So if you want to catch a glimpse of some of the content, uh, maybe before you purchase it, you can find it there. Fantastic. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you. And uh, I know Angelique read the book. I caught it last minute. So this will be a, my weekend thing. <laughs> Wonderful. Oh, yeah. We're going to try that lotus position there. Uh, uh -huh. yes, yes. I, I wanted to talk yes. about that. Now we're just going to have to leave that for next time. <laughs> oh, look yes. at the look of fear on John's face. He's like, what the heck did you just... Hey, it was in the book. Be afraid, my friend. <laughs> you know, that, I don't want to try anything twice. Yeah, see, that's where the diagram comes in. So, yes. And they yeah, still have, exactly. have, you know, a PDF that you could get with all the diagrams from the books. So, yeah. It's yeah, we like thing. that. We like that. That's a great yeah. idea. That is. <laughs> And, but yes, you can find us everywhere on all podcast channels. Please like, subscribe, write us a review, good, bad, or ugly, because we need to get the word out, especially about this book during this time, great activities. Uh, also, you can find us everywhere on social media, Sex Positive Me. You can find me at Miss Angelique Luna. And you can find me at John C. Luna on all social media channels. Yeah, you should follow him. He has some good rants going on better than me. Oh, God, <laughs> I just wish Trump would shut up. Too oh. much material. Yeah. yeah, we don't even want to go there. Yeah, yeah, he wants to buy a Lego destroyer for his stimulus check. I'm like, really? <laughs> well, you got to explain it. You know, the stimulus check came, it was unexpected. And I go to my next website, and what's sitting there was a, an email from Lego saying, You're stuck indoors. You know, well, we, we can keep you occupied and we'll, we'll free ship it. So I click on it, and the first thing I see is an $800 Lego Star Destroyer. I'm like, Damn it, adulting, I need strength. Thank you with that one. <laughs> That's yeah, I'm just feeding you that one. 
Can yeah, you send us our, the link for that? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, our friends and, uh, you know, our, our listeners all kept encouraging them, do it, do it. And I'm like. Well, I posted that. I'm like, I'd ask for support from my friends, but I know of all you people. And they're like, yeah, you should buy it. <laughs> listeners were chipping in, too. They're like, yeah. Is, is that the purpose of a GoFundMe? I've never done one of those before. Now you can find out. <laughs> um, John needs a Star Destroyer, yes. Oh, okay. well, thank trying you very times. Yes. Well, thank you very much, Mickey and MJ, for your joining us, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks for having us. Bye.